I like when I get on 20 minutes early. I'm sorry. It's I'm going to grouse about it. I'm going to do it. Get on 20 minutes early so that I can update and fix everything that's going to happen with the update to OBS. And now I just Didn't literally, happen. there's literally stuff I just cannot fix. I've gone on. I've downloaded all the appropriate plugin updates. Nope. of these i have wrote down a bunch of funny quotes from this game because i do laugh uh often at some of the characters jokes and uh champions of the continent but i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna do the it's marvelous every time (laughs) every time i turn my computer on these days (sighs) episode three what 326 325 300 something i'll find out hold on uh it's cool we should just go yeah i mean my earnings for suckers michael jj neither of you have windows 11 is that correct that is false oh it's 325 i do not i do okay michael um uh click that little notifications area of windows 11 you might uh-huh. have a windows security notification from sunday that says threats found no i I have nothing from windows security okay well i guess with some builds of windows 11 there is a recurring false positive going around on the security thing that keeps just popping up just keeps saying there's a there's a problem what does it say is the problem? I can click this thing if you want. Uh, well, it's, I'm just saying, like, maybe he doesn't have the thing that it's... No, so on. I actually looked into it because it gave me a file name, and it was, like, something.zy or whatever, and I Googled it, and it said... There was a big article that said, Hey, um, Windows knows that there's a huge problem right now that says that everyone's <laughs> computer's infected with this thing that's not really a thing. Okay. From a reliable source. It was something like USA Today or something. Oh, I'm not discounting whatever source you found it from. I was just curious what the file was, but it's some yeah. non-file file. Something.zy. Like, okay. Not not a real file, basically. Uh, man, file just, extensions are a Windows construct anyway, man. In Linux, you don't have them. Yeah. Uh, it's just been a day, man. And then OBS was giving me trouble. And then, of course, Discord never likes to work anymore. I just feel like, I just feel like Hamilton and like they gave me the wrong tires and I just can't win this way. You know, someone give me better tires for this windows. I want to point out, I saw we're talking hard turn (laughs) F1 time. time. Uh, You know, Hamilton only has himself to blame here. George made the call to change his own tires when they were driving through the pit lane. After Hamilton had already gone through because the plan was for both of them to stay on the same tires. Well, George had a better plan. Why didn't Hamilton think of it? 
I think the plan was it, it sounded like during the race that the announcer was shocked that they let George change because the plan was clearly that George was going to hold off Verstappen from getting by him on the same tires as Hamilton, which would let Hamilton get farther ahead uh, after the restart. Instead, that put George behind Verstappen, and Verstappen, based, of course, dusted Hamilton the minute they allowed people to start. Based on the entire rest of the race, ignoring what happened at the restart, right? Do you think George was going to be able to put up any defense against Max anyway? No. Like maybe he could have held him up exactly one lap because that would have been the amount of time it took for them to get around to the passing point again at the turn one, right? Yeah. Like, that would have been the maximum amount of possible time he could have done it. Would, like, would that one based, lap have made a difference? No. Based so. on his earlier defensive capabilities on this track, uh, he did not seem to know which way to put his car to block people. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, George was looking out for number one and yeah. not for Hamilton. So I can't blame him that much. And at which point, like, Hamilton... <laughs> I mean, I guess at this point, like, Hamilton needed to be more skeptical of the team's strategy because he kind of felt like they were hanging him out to dry, and they kind of were. I guess they just thought that they could somehow hold on, which, again, feels kind of dubious. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it is dubious. I don't know. Right. I mean, you if you both change tires, Verstappen goes to the front, right? Automatically, because you're doing a stacked right. tire change on two cars that are back-to-back immediately that puts everyone behind and probably Russell off the podium for sure. Sure. And then you got to wonder whether or not, but like what if if Hamilton's in, if Hamilton's in front, don't you just change his tires and you let Russell, you know, do what he can because they can team orders. Hamilton by Russell easy, right? Just be like, Russell, let him buy Hamilton goes by and you know, Russell holding off Hamilton or whatever, or holding off Verstappen maybe. I don't know. Obviously, this isn't what happened. I'm not a race engineer or a racecraft guy. I don't have any of the data. Uh, It's easy to armchair quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I don't know. I can see what happened, but I don't know what the strategy calls are. Overall, it seemed like they made great strategy calls at the beginning because they knew they knew Ferrari and and Red Bull were going to go soft tire. So they went medium to try and stay out longer and it worked out. Yeah, well, it paid off completely, right? And the only thing that, like, potentially ruined it for him was that safety car, right? <laughs> Not even the virtual safety car. Michael. Hey, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, JJ, uh, maybe we'll give it a less colored. JJ, give him a clinical on exactly the situation, but not... Who so the, the situation are. as we see it unfold or yeah, just, the just just see or it, what just, happened the situation as you see it unfold leave the, the team what you saw it. at the time is not the same as what was actually going on right like we didn't learn until later some of the things that were happening true I didn't true, anyway. true 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 but leave the teams out of it okay so one of the drivers uh it goes did it start at a pit stop uh it started after a pit stop yes yeah so, he, the, the driver had a pit stop they changed some tires he's coming out of the pits and is like you know accelerating onto the the racetrack yep. and feels something weird and he goes like i think the tire is i think the tire is loose i think something is wrong with the car something is bad 
So he like pulls over to the side, right? And okay. is like ready to get out of the car. He's this causes like, an immediate yellow flag so that cars sure, have to the drivers slow down. out. Right. Right. They they have to slow people down in the area where the car is because now it's dangerous, right? And the team radios back to the driver and says, We don't see anything wrong with the car. We've checked all the instruments, all the sensors, everything says it's fine. You can keep going. And the driver's like, Okay. And so then he starts going around, but he's going really slow. Like not even close back to racing speed, right? Okay. And goes pits around again, pits immediately, right? They're like, come in and check, like, we're gonna f- check everything. Uh and the people in the pit now are like sticking their hands down into the cockpit and like doing all kinds of weird stuff, adjusting and things. They change the tires. And they change the tires again. Okay. Right. Now the driver goes back out. He's like, okay, whatever the issue was, it's fixed now. The tire's good or whatever. They send him back out again. Uh, this time, uh, they radio him. They're like, okay, stop the car. Like, it's done. Nope, you have to get out now. Like, oh, like no. they tell him it's it's bad, right? So now, but d- because of where he was in the lap this time versus the previous time, they have to bring out a full safety car. It's not just a yellow flag now. And safety cars in F1, which if you know or don't know, are the like, you know, the slow car drives in front and bunches the entire field back up. Right, so all your so pace you were, difference and all that stuff. If is you were removed. thirty seconds ahead of the entire field, you are now no seconds ahead. Yeah, you're like eight, a third of a second ahead, or something, right? Like the distance between you and the guy behind you, basically. Um, and that's, and so then that's like the defining moment here at near the very end of the race. This is the defining moment because the two Mercedes cars are working together to push Hamilton further out in front so that they can get a pit stop in without losing to the third place guy because he also will need a pit stop. And he's trying to stay out longer than them. And so there's this game of chicken, basically, because if the guys in front pit too early, he will get ahead and he might be fast enough to stay ahead, but he'll also have to pit. So as long as they can get about 11 seconds ahead of him, they think they can still win the race and keep him from winning the race. All right. The important point here is that that amount of time that you need to do the pit stop is drastically shortened during a safety car. It goes from 21 seconds to 10 seconds. Time lost. So before... They needed a huge window of like 21 seconds to make a pit stop at full race speed. Well, at safety car speed, it's only 10 seconds. Now, the people who pit have like a huge, you know, essentially an 11 second advantage on people that pitted without the safety car. Sure. And so, like, now it's immediate chaos, right? So they're, what, 10 laps from the end of the, the race at yeah. this point? All the cars are playing chicken on when to change their tires. And you get hit with a safety car that essentially could mean that whoever yeah, a bunch of people get super cheap doesn't stops. pit loses the race. But if you've just pitted, then you don't want to pit, but well, you won't gain much because you'll be stuck behind the safety car. 
Yeah, but also, <laughs> it's like one of those like prisoner dilemmas. If everyone pits, you need to pit. But if no one pits, you no one should pit. Like you don't want to pit, right? <laughs> like it's a and especially for the person in front, you know, you can't like react to what the people behind you do. Yeah. So the first person goes by, and then the second guy goes into the pits. You're just like, damn it. So the announcers <laughs> are going through the game theory on all of the options right before this safety car happens of how Verstappen, who's in third, could win the race. And they're just like, well, if Mercedes just sticks to a strategy like this and they get what they need to get with this guy getting out there, then he just can't win the race. There's no way he can win the race if they stick like they to just these wouldn't strategies. Be wouldn't be enough time for him to catch up based on the delta he would need to do with the at pit the stop. At the same time, multiple times they're talking about what tires to put on to the to the Red Bull car. And everyone's right. like, "Well, how are they going to get those tires on that car? They cannot pit his car." Right? right they can't do you it. You know, he he, he would pits lose. and he would well, he he would lose anyway, but like you also then at that speed risk him being overtaken by the fourth place guy. Yep. Right. At which point now he may not get first. He may get second. Yeah. Right. Or you may get third, depending uh-huh. on, you know, who you passes him. So, JJ. Uh, do you think they should ban sister teams in F1? No, you're like creating conspiracy <laughs> theory here. That is not the case. Right. So right. the thing that the reason so the- Andrew didn't want me to tell you the team is the other team, the team of the driver that stopped and caused all this was Red Bull's uh, other team alpha tauri and his okay. driver yuki sonoda uh they uh, i mean you know the team put out statements like saying it's absurd that you would suggest this and this is like unbelievable that you would accuse us of doing this we would never do that even if we received a call from helmet marco or whatever like also they don't call each other like that so like that's not a thing that could happen right yeah it, everybody uh, um, would know if something like that had it would not be too many it seems too way too convoluted too for it to be like. But yeah, like but how, Michael, how to engineer something like this is too hard. But right? Michael, this is why I br- I brought up the teams before we tell you what actually happened because once you hear what actually happened, you're gonna start to be like, but maybe. <laughs> it, it, because in the moment you see it and you're like, damn, this plays right into Red Bull's hands. <laughs> this is the only way they could have won the races. They got a safety car right now weird and then they're like no there's no possible way there was a safety issue there's a problem with the car but now we know what was wrong with the car well huh. so there were two there were two things right number right. one there was a a misapply like the wheel the back i forget which wheel it was it was one of the back wheels on yugi's car was not correctly applied and he could feel it when he went around a turn that the wheel sure. was not like doing the thing right and was like this is messed up and the team tells him it's fine. And he's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> like, I'm going to drive slow. Right. And, you know, they, they go back to the pits and they fix it. But there was actually something more mechanically wrong with the car that they couldn't fix. Right. It wasn't just that the wheel wasn't attached right, which maybe it was that also. There was something else actually wrong with the car. Sure. But in all of this, Yuki gets completely screwed. Andrew, did you hear the penalty he got? Because of what he did. Because he was, you know, I said he was getting ready to get out of the car. And as part of doing that, the first stop, right? The first time he stopped on the track. Yeah. He took his seatbelt off. Because he was going to jump out of the car. Then ran the whole track. They did the whole lap around without a seatbelt on. Hmm. 
and they don't take kindly <laughs> to folks not following the seatbelt rules. Uh, yeah. Which is why when I said they were putting their hands all in the cockpit, they were reattaching his seatbelt. Ah, because yeah. it's one of those things like those cars are so narrow and so tight. The drivers don't have a way to like move their arms out in such a fashion as to reconnect those seatbelts. It requires like it ha- they have to be like strapped they have to be in. done externally. Yeah, it's just another and, in a major long string of F1 drama that has just been going since. I mean, we didn't even touch last race last week. No, we didn't even talk about it. And, you know, the the juicy Oscar Piastri stuff has finally resolved to some degree now. Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh, uh, Ricciardo's out of a job. And, well, and Piastri is in a job with McLaren. And yeah. the, like, the drama there, uh, We I think we talked about this before, right? This we guy talked about the, the tweeted posts. saying, like, no, yeah. I absolutely will not. You know, race for you. Yeah. And they're like, we have this contract. And he's like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I noticed that Ricardo placed like second to last this week. Got a feel for the guy, right? <laughs> uh, but the details that came out as part of the review of these contracts and like the, you know, basically, you know, like the arbitration board or whatever, determining whose contract was valid here. Make Alpine look like a clown show, dude. Well, they they got rid they of the guy that the... actually knew how to do F one. Yeah, I mean, Safnauer is not a bad dry or a bad uh, leader, but it's like the whatever's going on on their like contracts team is a joke. Like they're saying, you know, they, they like all of this stuff comes out as part of the review of these contracts. It's like, you know, Piastri's team has. The contract, and they say, send it to us, and we'll, we're ready to sign. Like, we'll, we'll be your driver next year. Let's go. And they miss a deadline. Oh, it's coming. Don't worry. They miss another deadline. Oh, it's coming. Don't worry. It's now been, like, over a month. And they're just like, we're just having some hangups. We're, we're getting it ready. Don't worry. And now, like, Piastri's agent is like, F this. Let's go <laughs> look yeah, around. Shot. Like, And as soon as that happens, the McLaren guy is like, Hello, yes, here's a contract you could just sign right now with me, and I will give you a seat next year. Um, you know, ignoring the Ricardo thing. Uh, and he's like, you know, it was a good enough deal for him to agree to sign it, right? At that point, now he has a valid signed contract, and Alpine has nothing. Why were they even trying to go to the board? What was this about? They had nothing. Know. It made them look like clowns. It's like they had nothing, and they're like trying to fight like a promise or something. What? Not, yeah. Unbelievable. Like, after seeing that, I would be, like, afraid to race for that team. (laughs) That's how they're running things. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone wants to be a... Well, whatever. I mean, then you got last week. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. The... uh, What uh, what was the... The the racetrack is very exciting there, uh, but (laughs) unfortunately, uh, it looked like the Red Bull team... Uh, had like cheat codes enabled effectively that week. Yeah, I, the race wise, it was like, oh, okay, they just enabled light speed on the back of their cars. Yeah, it's just like they turned the the dial to eleven, and everyone else was stuck at eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but the there was a lot of good racing in that race, like in terms of like people passing each other and like stuff happening. That if you just ignored the front, just kind of don't look at that. Just, <laughs> just leave that leave that over there. Um, but yeah, it's been. Good, back from uh, back from the F one break. It's been good. Uh, not for us. No, 
Mick Schumacher is still no contract for next year. Yeah. Maybe Haas no contract for next year. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, they have Kevin Magnuson on contract, I think. So I, I, I don't think the team is going away. But yeah, I mean, will will Schumacher be there? Unclear. He's done better than Magnuson in the last couple races, but their car is not looking hot. Mm-mm. And uh, I think yesterday it was, they were like, so like maybe if Mick Schumacher goes to Williams, they were talking to Magnuson after the race. And he's like, what if, what if Mick goes to Williams? Or do you think Ricardo should come to uh, Haas? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we'd be any better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, at, at some point the, to win races, right? It, it is a driver plus team situation, Right. And it just looks like the engineering just isn't there on at Haas, right? Yeah. Either they're not investing the money or the people they have just aren't as good as the other people. Certainly and feels like it. That sucks. Uh, or, you know, the, I, the money could be a thing. I mean, maybe the the idea of floating some of that money from the high teams to the low teams isn't a bad one. Well, that's, you know, the other... Uh, other racing series is do stuff like that, right? For reasons like this. Yep. Um, the thing that I have heard rumors about that are the most interesting to me is that they're trying to get Colton Herta a super license. Uh, he's a, in, cause he's an IndyCar champion and popular in America. Huh? Um, like 19, also like a young driver, like Piastri, um, and would be laid out. Like, there's no American drivers right now, right? Yeah. Zero. I don't know that. I don't know that IndyCar's got a good reputation currently with some of the drivers they got over there. I mean, there's a lot of former F1 drivers in it. So, yeah, the bad ones. Well, the ones that wash out, right? Because they would rather stay in F1 if they could, but yeah. they can't. So they go to the next best place yeah. that has a lot more openings and a lot more teams. I got a NASCAR drivers over there crashing into everything. Uh, but it, you know it is interesting. The uh, former F one or oh, former Haas F one driver Roman Grosjean is like doing really good over there this year, right? Not great. Okay, as far as I remember, but I could be wrong. I mean, I I keep hearing his name mentioned in terms of stuff that's been happening in because <clears throat> he's crashing into a lot of stuff. Well, but that's just like every race. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> Well, uh, anyway. speaking of sports, football's starting. Hey. Uh, I probably, I don't think I'm going to be playing fantasy this year, but I am excited to see uh, the Broncos' new take, new look. You know, we got the Seahawk, man. The danger you're, of you Russ. You're going to let Russ cook? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's going to take off in Denver, um, but, you know. Whatever. That sounds good. Are you are I know JJ you haven't uh drafted yet, but who are you no, uh, looking yet. at this year and Michael how are you feeling there, Mr. Double Draft? Uh I feel pretty good about uh how I did this year. Certainly better than better than my drafts last year. Oh, that's uh, that's never a good sign. Well, it was uh, <laughs> it was a bad sign for last year, I suppose, but I don't know. Every draft I ever felt good about, I always was like, hmm, maybe. 
you know, and it, it was like a middling thing. And then all the ones I felt like I was behind ended up being good teams. So I will say, uh, and again, I beat this drum every year. Uh, Don't draft a kicker. Well, it's I, yeah, I, never I, do that. Kickers and defenses are like things you put on your roster because you got to fill them. Kickers are com- nearly completely interchangeable. Pick usually, the day before you start playing games. Um, yeah, kickers. I don't have a lot of uh, opinions on. Um, defenses is like get one that has a good week one matchup and then see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of drafting, uh, I think the best way to do it is to have an auction, and then. You know, because the thing that always is like drives a lot of the conversation about fantasy football drafting is like, oh, what pick did you get? So who are you going to be able to get? Mm-hmm. Well, at auctions, your picks don't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what order you go in. It's just how much you want to pay, right? And I think that's that weeds, a lot more strategy there. I think that weeds, though, a lot of people out of it. I, I think it's more interesting for a player that has experience, but I wonder... And maybe you guys can answer this with your work uh, situations. I know that when we had a work one and someone was kind of behind, they just stopped paying attention. They didn't care anymore. They weren't in the running, so they just stopped playing. And, like, the idea of a draft where it's maybe a little more random might keep more people in it longer than people in a draft who just totally screw up and their team is bad and they can't fix it. Yeah, so in an auction, right, you have a lot more control about your your team being bad, right? right. If you really like a certain player, you will get that player. Right? Yes, but that yep. means they'll overpay for but players. But it comes at the cost. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that is the strategy. And then when they're losing, they stop playing. So that is a – I mean, that's a feature of all fantasy football. Yeah, right? I'm, you, I, that's what I was trying to say is that's a feature – of fantasy football, yeah, I wonder if it's worse in draft or in random. So in a in a way that uh, auction or snake, I think are the two, um, typically how they're referred to. Yes. Uh, the way one of the ways our league has tried to combat this is there is a prize weekly for high score, and if you know anything about football, you know that which team scores the highest in a week has nothing to do about whether. Their nope. team is any good, which week is to why week or not. Uh, my True. focus in fantasy football was always to have a target score per week, and whether or not I won or lost, I didn't care as long as I made the target score. Yeah, it's about consistency. If you yep. want to win the season, it's about consistency. However, to keep people interested, because the award, like the league, costs like twenty dollars sure. to enter, and weekly high score is six. If you can put up like one or two high scores, you can like nearly pay for you get three you've essentially paid for your league entry right Hmm. now like three is asking a lot but getting one or two is not that hard and i would say almost every team every year gets one at least unless your team is just completely dumpstered um at which point you know injuries or whatever what do you do right yeah yeah so the i'm also in a pick'em league which operates the same way there is both a, a season and a weekly prize but the nice uh, thing about that one is that the weekly prize can pay you back your entry fee. Yeah, it can, depending on, you know, in some variable number of weeks, depending on how many people enter. Because the entrance, the entrance cost, the buy-in cost for it is always the same. So 
the more people who are in the pool, the faster you get paid back, but also the lower your odds of winning in any given week. Sure. Yeah. But interestingly, that does not always keep people from stopping playing either. By yeah. the end of the season, there, there are always people who have who basically just stop doing their picks. I think that there is no way to fix it, right? Like when people know they have no chance, they just give up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only things you can do are, you know, rely on people that have integrity uh, and specifically in fantasy where, you know, if they stop playing, they ruin the game for other people. Um, now, once you get into like consolation brackets and stuff, I'm not going to like kick people out of the league for not caring about consolation bracket games. Yeah. However, we do have a reward for consolation bracket and it is extremely minor, but it is not nothing. And the winner of the consolation bracket next year gets one extra dollar for the auction. Ooh. Ooh. It, you know, you say that, but it's not nothing. It Sometimes that one extra dollar makes a difference. It lets I, you bid two on a guy that would cost one normally and outbid. I think also if we're talking about like game theory of keeping people interested, the level of interest that would get me back into playing fantasy football again would be dynasty only. Because that keeps people interested for next year. Because even if you're out of it this year, you'd be like, well, let's see. I'm out of it. That person's about to win, but they need a running back. Can I sell my running back that they need for a price for next year? You know what I mean? Like that interest level of the people that are interested in that is, I think, the only level that I would care to play anymore. I I think my issue with Dynasty Leagues is that you you effectively create you can uh, if you have a good team, you can lose to a bunch of deals being made in the back room that just like leave you unable to compete. Right. Hmm. I mean, the deals can't be made in the back room. Most of them have to be approved by the leagues or it, by the. I, I know what you're saying, but you know, like it, assuming the deals are being done fairly and it's not like you know just straight collusion where they're just like giving people for no reason, like no recompense or whatever, just oh, to sure. screw someone over. Uh-huh. Like yeah, assuming yeah. there's like they're trading draft picks for next year or they're trading like auction money or something for the next year. Uh-huh. Like at that point, it's like, well, like I understand the trade off here. They've mortgaged their future, but like I had the run here. I was doing well and now I have been screwed by something I can't like afford to do. Right. I guess I can choose to mortgage my future to try and get something back somehow i don't know i i don't like the idea of trading future picks in fantasy football i think that you don't allow the trades after the playoffs so at that or after the playoffs start so it's not like in the middle of the playoffs you're gonna lose well i think like the 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 trade deadline in a lot of leagues is like november even yeah yeah it is it's it's several weeks before the the end of the fantasy season so i don't think that's you know i mean yeah yeah i you should be looking at your league in that type of league. You should be looking and being like, okay, well I'm going to make a run. This guy's also making a run. I got to prepare, you know? Yeah. I I think for me to be interested in a league like that, there'd be a lot more money on the line than $20. Oh, sure. Um, And like, and then commensurately, like I would have to care, like we would need people equally as dedicated. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I don't know if that's what this league has, but you know, I, I also enjoy the ability to say, like, well, that team sucked last year, and this guy was awful. I don't want to see any of this person ever again. Goodbye. <laughs> and I can banish him to my never-draft-again list. 
I, you know, that's a good part of it. You know, since we're talking about the theory of it. Yeah, that's a really good part to think about. Oh, like, oh no. Oh, everyone's in on Najee Harris this year. Uh-uh, I got burned by so-and-so. <laughs> nope, no, 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 no. And then so I just have a, you know. It's just the, the mental ability to wipe out all of last year's bad taste is a good one too. Yeah. How many, uh, how many times did Joe Mixon break your heart, Andy? I, I mean, I rode Joe Mixon to the playoffs one time. I'll just <laughs> say that he was good. <laughs> yeah, and none one, of the other years, just, just one time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I enjoy fantasy football. Uh, you know, I'm going to play again this year. Um, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, mine's mine. My leagues are fun. Ones with family, ones with some close college friends. So you know, win, win, lose or draw, it's always a good time. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think the only thing that I don't get about fantasy football, and I know there's a few people in my league who are really like this. They're like, we need to do doing more trades. There need to be more trades going on in this league. It's like, do we? I don't know. I don't have anything I, good to say about trades anymore. I used to yeah. think the same exact thing. Uh, and then uh, people's opinions on what is fair and what is not fair are so inconsolably different that everybody's feelings get hurt. Honestly, like I'd rather play with randoms and trades than friends and trades. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe trades should just not be allowed. I mean, you certainly have that option uh, in the league settings there. Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely, yeah. But I just, I've never, typically, if I've ended up with a player, I've chosen them for some sort of reason, or, or you hope you did. <laughs> you didn't yeah. just, like, get them randomly, <laughs> um, you know, or you picked a guy because you needed a guy. But, like, I, I... I didn't pick the other guy here on the other end of this trade. So, like, why am I doing this then? Because yeah, like injury never, or circumstance see, or whatever, right? Like, this is you're getting into this part of it, which is like people see two for ones, right? Because you didn't pick the guy, right? But I'm trying to offer you this, that, and the other. So you shouldn't, you know, you should never trade one to ones. You should always get two for ones. And like, asking for trades is a great thing in leagues that allow trades. Cause you can always upgrade your team where people think you aren't upgrading it. And like people see that. And in a lot of leagues you have to get your league to approve it. And it's like, well, they're getting two players and he's only getting one. It's like, yeah, because he's, I'm going to get trying to get him to trade a player. He doesn't want to trade. And so, you know, it's like, and then you well, start I, I usually about, think the, I usually think the person winning in that trade is the person getting the one player. Like the person offering two is usually the one, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, depending on what they're getting, right? Like, if your team just doesn't have a good quarterback and streaming isn't working this year, and you trade yeah. somebody a quarterback and a receiver for a receiver, you know, yeah. you might get them into the weekly possibility of winning or whatever, you know. But yeah, I mean, the person who's getting the one is generally the player doing better and obviously can spare the two. So, right. You know, it's, I don't, a trades I, in general, I think, uh, maybe just it's better to just get rid of them i I think my opinion on trades are well so then again this is also dependent on like some of the rules in your league right i don't know how folks do it uh other leagues but we also use like bidding for players on the waiver wire Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, 
Um, and I think if you have like a waiver wire system that just rewards people to like sit on the waiver wire to like wait for a good pick or whatever, I think you need to lobby very hard to get it changed to the bidding system. Uh, because that just adds like <laughs> the funniest thing in the entire world is watching someone drop a ton of money on a free agent that they're picking up that had no other bids and nobody else bid on. Yeah. <laughs> I spent $30 on this player of their $100 total for the entire season. And, uh, yeah, they just the got next, the next bid was $2. The next bid was someone who bid one or zero. Yep. I, I absolutely agree with that. A hundred percent. That's the only way to make the waiver wire fair. Yeah. yeah. And it is the, it is the best system, right? Because, it, and then if there's a tie, yeah, then it goes to who used the waiver wire less. It also right. avoids at that, at that point, like, yeah, Good. but it also avoids people that have been tanking just sort of getting access to players that they're, you know, like I've seen people waiver wire people in leagues that didn't have that and then they sit on their bench and you're like oh god. You know. Yeah, they're just like hoovering up players to so that no one else can have them kind yep. of a thing. Uh-huh. Mhm. Yeah. And they don't even like have a player in the right spot. I've I've seen it all, man. I played fantasy for many years. Seen it all. Uh, I think that would be frowned upon pretty heavily in my league if someone is just like, you know, if you grab a guy off the waiver wire and then don't start him, I don't think there's a problem there. But if you grab a guy off the waiver wire and have a hole in your roster afterwards and then don't fill it, yep. right? That's uh-huh. a problem now. Yeah, it's Come definitely on. a problem. That's a you not trying anymore, and uh, that's the uh, that's the next year you're not welcome again problem right there. I had two, so. two, two good transitions out of this. One was I've seen it all. And uh, you said a hole in the roster. And I was going to say a hole in the memory. Got a hole in my memory because I've seen it all. Spoilers. Okay. I mean, it's a couple years old, but it's hard to watch movies these days. I personally am still behind on Marvel. I have to watch Multiverse of Madness still. Yep. And I have to watch Miss Marvel. Uh Thor Love and Thunder. And Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. And and She Hulk now is that uh current current on She Hulk actually. Oh, okay. interesting. Chose yeah. that one. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, we were watching it with a uh, family that was over and it was like, uh, oh, we'll just stay current and if we miss anything then whatever. Yeah, unfair. Uh spoiler alert. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. This is your last warning. Because there's nothing else to talk about in this movie except for spoilers. Yeah, man. I imagine that at some point in the very near future, we're going to have to have Ken on this podcast. Or maybe it's a carbon scoring issue to answer some of these questions because i think this conversation is literally just gonna be michael how did you feel about no way home uh you know i kind of liked it actually um i liked i liked that they brought in everyone from all the other franchises um and that they they basically just got to do whatever they want with retconning what had gone on before so the retcon is the or part not not necessarily uh, retconning, but just like ta- changing the end of the story. 
Yeah, so did they change the end of that story or did they change the end of all the stories? How do multiverses work anyway? Like, why, you know, don't <laughs> yeah. think about it. If you think about it that hard, it just stops making yes. any sense. Anyway, it's, like, so. it's like time travel. Does everyone in every universe forget his name? How how does uh, Happy think that he knows this person that is Spider-Man, but not know the person that is Spider-Man? I think, uh, again, you're thinking too hard about it. It's not meant yeah. to be thought about that hard. Clearly, the writers didn't do that much thinking, so you shouldn't <laughs> either. I want to say also that I had a good time watching it. I thought it was just as good as the other two in that franchise, which are better than most of the other ones uh, up leading up to that point of the Spider-Men. Having rewatched them all in succession before watching this movie. Not a joke. Yeah. So, I feel like, Andy, I feel like you probably appreciated as much as i did the like awkward scene of the three of them just hanging out killing time on top of the statue of liberty oh it was wonderful oh, that was like one of the best scenes <laughs> of the movie that was wonderful especially when it was like because we had just seen all those and he's like i fought an alien on the ground and in space he's like i'm lame <laughs> i only fought a guy in a rhinoceros yeah electricity guy guy why not for a suit yeah yeah I do appreciate Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man a little bit more now that they were like, and after that scene, I got really bitter and I just turned into like vindictive Spider-Man. I stopped pulling like, my punches. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, I think they did both those guys justice in saying, no, they were, they were good for their time. Right. Like, and, and those amazing Spider-Man movies, um, if someone at Sony had watched them and said, there's 45 minutes to cut from each of these movies. They would have been good, good. Like, not that they weren't okay, but they would have been good, good. Really good if they weren't two and a half hours long. This movie, I really, uh, I couldn't stop screaming into my text messages to some people while I was watching it. My God, just push the magic button and make this over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would have solved a lot of problems. Sure could have. Andy, yeah. so I, you rewatched a bunch of Spider-Man movies before watching this one. Uh, have you seen all of them recently, Michael, at all or no? Uh, I've probably just caught little bits and pieces here and there. So I, I actually haven't sat down and watched the Andrew Garfield one all the way through. Okay, so that was going to be what I was about to ask, too. I've never seen them. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow. But I know that. So I know the plots of them. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, I, I know I know stuff that happens, right? Like, really, honestly, the-, the best part of both of them put together is about the last 45 minutes of the second one is is the best part of it, of the whole franchise for him. Um, because he really gets to actually act. And um, and the the fight scene with Electro that happens in those forty five minutes is actually really good. Uh, it's emotional and uh, yeah, uh, it's it's yeah. I don't know that you need to watch them if you know the gist of them. Well, so I think the interesting thing about this is you, the- as a person who saw all of them, right, and had all the 
the backstory. And I guess like Michael and I, as people who didn't, I think I still really enjoyed these movies. Yeah. You know, this movie, right? Even without knowing the backstory, you didn't need it. Sure. There's a little bit more emotional connection to like knowing what the characters went through because um, Andrew Garfield's character is pretty cagey about what happened to Gwen. And um, Toby's pretty cagey about what happened with MJ, his MJ, right? right? And so if you don't remember those things, it might be like, oh, okay, I don't really know or get what's going on here. There's also um, when he say, when Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man 3, saves... You're one, you're two, you're three. Uh, when he saves um, Jones Watson, MJ, yeah, there is an exact cinema, cin- cinematography, cinem- cinematic cinematography, uh, perfect re-rendition happening mm-hmm. of uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 ending where he... <laughs> I don't know if you want the spoilers from this, but obviously he can't save Gwen. Uh, yeah. And without, right. without even having seen that movie, I knew that that's what they were doing. Yeah. But it was really tough to be like when he's, this is the thing I'm talking about with like, he gets to act right. He's just holding her there and you can tell how hurt he is in that second. Yeah. That's Andrew Garfield's acting. And there's almost none of that in the first amazing Spider-Man. And then when you get really towards the end of the second one, he's kind of let loose and it's, it's a lot better for it. There's just a lot of that just not allowed in two and a half hours of plot that is convoluted from those movies, but getting to see him save somebody in the exact same shot, exactly the same with the exact same stuff flying in front of the screen kind of thing was kind of really cool to have watched back to back. Uh, it shows you they paid a lot of attention to make the movie. So, I mean, overall, it was good. You know, duh, the goblin was going to betray you. Why didn't you just push the stupid button? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Anyway, uh, I'm sure Ken has a lot more to say about it being uh, the Spider-Man expert. He- I don't know. I Like, I think my... I think you said it well early on here in this discussion, Andy, where you said that, you know, you, despite, you know, all these issues maybe that exist in this film, you know, as by bringing the other Spider-Men in, I still liked this and I thought it was as good as the other two in this series that they've made of Spider-Man films, right? Easily. It might. Oh, yeah, for it, sure. It might be better than the first one with Vulture. Um. I know it's maybe too strong a statement, but I think it might be better than that one. And I, in, we watched this and far from home back to back. And I had a lot of fun watching far from home with my wife because she didn't know Mysterio was a villain. Oh, mm. that's, that's and fun. She <laughs> thought the whole time she was getting so excited that Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be joining the Marvel universe as the new Tony Stark. Oh, and I was like, "Oh God, Dang. this poor girl's heart." You're just you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Whenever daggers coming. Oh man, because <laughs> I knew it. right. Like Mysterio has never. There's been no version of Mysterio that was a good guy that I can remember off at all. Um, um, I think I think they did something like that in the Spider-Man cartoon one time where he was like 
playing a good guy for a while, but yeah. it was a yeah. ruse because he's a bad guy. Because yeah. he, well, that's what he does, right? He's a trickster and a magician and an illusionist. And there's like tons of different versions of him, but it's always him being a villain. And like, I was like, what, what is, what is their connection here? Why is he going to be a villain in this one? And it was like, Oh, Oh, because he got betrayed by Tony Stark. And then they brought out all those people from the movies that were like background actors. I thought that was great. It was <laughs> so smart. Yeah. It was, it was like, really oh, this smart. was like random Stark worker. Number two, you're like, Oh man, he got screwed by Tony yeah. too. Ah, yeah. yeah. So I, I actually enjoyed that one quite a bit. And then it was very strange though. Haha. <laughs> Dr. Strange. That <laughs> that you had five of the six Sinister Six in this No Way No Way Home movie, but Mysterio's dead, so you can't have Sinister Six. You only have Sinister Five. Oh, my understanding was at some point they had wanted to do a Sinister Six movie, right? Yep. But that was after, or they had wanted to do it before they made the Mysterio movie, but then felt like they couldn't do it, and so then they just did Mysterio. And then they were like, okay, let's do the Sinister Six movie. And then people were like, you idiots. Dead. <laughs> oh, well, no. Well, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. They didn't pay that close of attention to their own lore. Because at the end of it, the the after credit scene with Venom, uh, they said that only people that knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man were coming through the portal. Mm-hmm. But Venom, that, that Eddie Brock never is shown that he knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Right, like, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it's definitely never what? shown that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like what? I don't. It, I, I've said this before. Those may not be good movies, but they sure are fun. If you like to laugh a little bit, uh, I think the like, first Venom is pretty good. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I don't know about that second one. I, you know, I had a good time laughing at that one too. Not in like a I'm laughing because it's bad kind of way, but because the. They seem to really be enjoying themselves. You know what I mean? It is fun on the, like, I'm just turning my brain off and having a fun time scale. Yes. I, Which, the, I mean... I think the second one is lower on that scale than the I mean, first it, one. No Way Home yeah. almost got to that point, too, where it was like, they're just not going to push the button. Because they can't push the button because the story says they can't push the button. Like, don't make a magic button if you're not going to use the magic button. Or don't introduce the magic button until later, <laughs> like Jesus when you're going to use it. Yeah. Right? Like, seriously. Don't, don't build the don't build the magic box out of plot armor. Yeah. It's literally Chekhov's gun, like <laughs> the, the trope, you know. <laughs> don't put that gun there if they're not going to use the gun. Just don't introduce the gun and then bring it in later, and it's fine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, No Helm was still fun. I had a great time watching it even though it was frustrating and the scenes with like people being locked up in the cages next to each other had me laughing pretty good. Oh, those were great. So funny. Uh, <laughs> and the, the doc Ock redemption was wonderful. Alfred Molina. Yes. He's so what good. A king, dude. What a king. Yeah. Peter. Oh my God. You've grown up. I was like, Oh my God. Yes. So good. It's just, we saw, <laughs> Speaking of uh, my wife not knowing things about uh, Mysterio, the other thing that happened was that Toby Maguire walked through the portal and she said, who's that? Whoops. <laughs> Have like, you seen the movie Pleasantville? I said, 
<laughs> we just watched those Spider-Man movies. She's like, that can't be Tobey Maguire. <laughs> like, those movies were 20 years ago. Yeah, it's Tobey Maguire. Oh, she didn't recognize him because he was old? He's 20 That's funnier. years older, yeah. I thought the idea was that she couldn't recognize him because he, like, she didn't know he was Spider-Man. Oh, it's way funnier that she couldn't recognize him because he yeah. was old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Whoops. It, oh, him man. being old just reminded me of Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, dude, Into the Spider-Verse is going to be... There's another one of those getting made. It, it looks so good. Have They're you seen it? it? Too. Oh, yeah. You've stopped watching trailers. I don't watch trailers. It looks... It Michael, looks I'm so great. excited, dude. <laughs> yes, Into the Spider-Verse 2. Let's go. I don't care what it is. This is why I'm not going to watch the trailer, right? I don't care what it is. It I'm doesn't matter. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. Like, the first one was good enough. Who's? Why would I not watch the second one? Okay. And I... I I think we had this. T- so now you've seen all the currently available Spider-Man movies, Correct. Michael yes. and Andrew. Uh, well, I guess Andrew or Michael and I haven't seen the Garfield ones, but they weren't going to win this topic anyway. Is Into the Spider-Verse the best one? Oh, oh that's so okay, hard. So we're going to have to have Ben I... on next week to answer uh, <laughs> answer for this. But Well, that sounds like you all can have that discussion. I might not be here, but I I think I'm going to say yes. I think it is. I like it the best, I think. It's certainly better than the ones you haven't seen um, because those are yeah, too I, long. And I, I, and I think I think even, I knew that. And so I didn't have to worry. Well, so even the people them. that have seen them admit there's a whole subplot in both of those movies that is there for, I think, about five minutes of exposition could have fixed about between two movies, maybe an hour and a half worth of time, five minutes of exposition could have fixed it. Right? Like if a character had just walked on the screen and been like, so actually this person invented the spiders and this is why the DNA melded with your DNA. And it was like, oh, okay. But instead there was a good hour and a half subplot. Anyway, uh, this is, we don't need to focus on that anymore. Um, Jesus, yeah, I think so. If you're stacking up uh, all the live actions versus that one animated movie, I don't know many of the other animated movies. There might be others out there, which is why Ken might be a good call on this one, because he might know others that are better. But uh, of the options given, I think I like Spider-Verse the best. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you both. And I... I- it is sort of an unfair comparison in some ways because they can do so much crazy stuff with Into the Spider-Verse because they don't have to, like, pay actors, you know? <laughs> well, and you can have um, Spider-Ham and you can do... Well, exactly, stuff like, like that. stuff that wouldn't couldn't be done in live action, right? They can have the crazy scene where they're falling through the different worlds and all the crazy stuff going on in the background, right? Like, it's a... Yeah, it's just such a great movie, and so it, like maybe in some ways they couldn't ever produce a live action one like that. It's also a, st- a movie with very little waste. Oh, the, the whole movie is good. Like right. I don't think there are parts of it you, that are pointless. There are characters you couldn't take them out, otherwise like, the movie falls apart. Yeah, but there are characters in there that you're like, I wonder whether they needed the uncle. Oh well, actually, they did really need the uncle. You know, yeah, like yeah. It, it, they didn't put the uncle in just ha- to have an uncle figure. No, it turned out pretty important. Yeah. And like the ability to kill off a Spider-Man because it's animated. I don't know. Right. It's um, yeah. 
I did like the I did like the way that this one that No Way Home parallels that one. Um yeah, in bit. the sense of, you know, the in the one you have all the Spider-Mans being brought together compared to the other with all of the villains being pulled into one place. Yeah. Yeah, I wish there was a better reason for all the villains to be pulled into one place. Yeah. Can't win them all, man. No. No, you can't. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Still a great movie. And both movies we're talking about now. Both yeah, great. Still fun to watch, both of them. Yeah. You know, old things... Um, old things can be hard to go back to. Uh, speaking of, like, that Tobey Maguire and all that... Um, I tried out Kingdom Hearts <laughs> on the PlayStation 4 version. Do you remember when games wouldn't let you play the game for about 45 to 50 minutes? Yes, a hallmark of classic mm. JRPGs. Yeah. It's really tough to sit through that again. Man. I don't particularly like it. Uh, and uprising an old game is kind of maybe, I don't know. We could talk about this for a minute. I know there's a lot of different ways to remaster a game. They seem to chose to kind of just up what was there initially instead of redoing some of the art of it. So a lot of the characters have like insane eyes because they were rendered initially to have depth, the like fake depth. To them and when mm-hmm. they re-rendered them they essentially just sort of have lines inside of them and then they're flat oh, no. yeah they have like green circle black circle green circle so they look like they're absolutely insane <laughs> uh, and then you can find places where they just maybe missed adding an up texture like Minnie Mouse was walking through a scene in the background of the scene and you can just see bitmapped eyes that are on top of her new character model uh, it's weird to go back to an old re like game remastered like that, and uh, you know, you get things like the backgrounds look great, the music sounds even better, but then there's like errors they don't fix, like Cinderella is a brunette. I don't know. It, was Man, awesome. it sure sounds like you're talking about some specific game. Oh, didn't I say Kingdom Hearts out loud? Yeah, no. you did. I didn't hear it. Oh. What? Okay, we're talking about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought I said it out loud. You did. You okay. said it out loud. JJ just blocks it out whenever I, he hears uh, Kingdom Hearts. Literally just like, Kingdom Hearts is just like... JJ just goes deaf when he hears the word Kingdom Hearts. Tell me what the game is. Why would we tell me the game? Stop talking. I can't hear it. Why? got a secret trigger. JJ, you're going to wake up in half an hour because I'm going to say Kingdom Hearts for so many minutes straight that... Just keeps triggering like him. The, and he passes out. This is like the this is like a the neuralizer. Yeah. Spoilers for Bioshock One thing. This is the like would you kindly moment here. Is that what's <laughs> happening to me? <laughs> oh. No, I I was just like, I, great code activation phrase. Well, it was it was weighing a little bit on my mind because I was like, this is like roughly the same era as that Spider Man movie, and like going back to watch those original Spider Man and going back to play Kingdom Hearts. Like, what am I doing? What am I? What's happening to me? Why, why am I going back in time? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Did you ever consider, nostalgia. Andy, that those original Kingdom Hearts games just weren't that good and that's why you're noticing all the problems? 
We'll find out. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Uh, Speak to us of new, JJ, of new RPG drama. How's Xenoblade going? Uh, it's a lot in that game, man. It's one of those. It's one of those Xenoblade games. It turns out, and you can play it for like a million hours. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've been I've uh, been chugging away at it, um, playing a few hours here and there. Um, I'm in chapter four for people that know anything about the game. Um, I I'm starting to really get into the class system. Um, although I'm starting to chafe against the inability to level the classes up beyond a certain point where it's like, now I'm just changing people into random classes because their experience is wasted otherwise. Sure. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm running into problems in champions of the continent where I'm like, do I stop bringing this character? Cause they've maxed out. The yep. answer is yes. Yeah. But I don't have a good replacement. <laughs> Uh, yeah. For new, for new stuff that you're doing, you just hang on to them for side yeah. stuff. Swap yeah. them out. Do we need a yeah. champion to the continent minute or? <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, got some, uh, I think I'm at this point, I'm sort of like paused on all chapter five, I think is where I am. Oh, I'm on. Okay. I have to start all chapter three next. Trying to forge ahead for that last upgrade to the the town and then i'll probably pull pull back a little bit to just sort of dailies for a little while well i believe that take your time at that point i believe the last upgrade for the town is in chapter four or five oh well the one of those upgrade is the one that i need right oh yeah no sorry i'm thinking of the sheep farm upgrade the sheep farm upgrade is in five okay uh the sheep don't seem consequential much seems just Am like I missing extra something? money right no it's either it's they drop one of two resources randomly uh one of which you can just sell for money one of which you can sell for uh shards like the other resources in nameless town oh so you'll need them for some future upgrade i'm sure no i think this one you can just sell oh. yeah they they only show up on the sell screen but it's like you know five shards it's like the equivalent of like the lowest level of one so you get up to 15 more at the upgraded sheep farm i think if they even drop them yeah right and it's random just like yeah. the nuts being good is random or not right yeah i mean i've already cracked a million leaves at this point uh and i buy everything in sight you'll get to two quickly don't worry <laughs> you'll get to 20 pretty fast don't worry i uh i michael it caps out at ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Just so you know, I'm well aware, okay. and it doesn't matter because you're just going to replace that money with more money. There's like no way not to earn it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying the game. Uh, I I I'm getting actually a really really good chuckle out of a lot of the newer content or the later content when a lot of people start referring to me as like, I can't believe you care so much, hateful eight. <laughs> what a name like, I, like, i'm having a lot of good moments too or like the band name gets used and i'm like it's really funny that it says hateful eight on the screen with what you just told me <laughs> uh 
Have you have either of you run into Shizu Cats the other day was talking about um paying rupees to do hunts? Have either of you run into that? I don't see that as an option. I have not seen that. Uh yeah, it is a thing you can do. Um I haven't I know it's there. I haven't gone out and actually found it because it's not worth it. Oh, okay. Huh. I was thinking maybe it might be worth it to try and upgrade. People no, more. the odds, the odds of the seals that you need dropping are so low that it's not worth spending the rubies on. Yeah. Well, I have to say one last thing. We got a text message uh, of of a friend of the pod that listened to the food thing last week. I'm going to leave you guys on the idea that sometimes we just have to do better and um, own up to our mistakes and say we will get it right next time. Not not one of us mentioned hot sauce. That's the greatest invention. Hmm. Yeah, we goofed clearly. That's like so on brand for us too. Yep. Man. Yeah, but I still think I like my answer. I don't think it de- degrades any of our answers to to know that there was another answer that we should have had as a team. Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. (laughs) You got to look out for the brand sometimes, you know, guys, that's That's true. Got to always be branding. Always be, always be capsaicin. ABC. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Pain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, any other food stuff we missed, go ahead, just send it in. Yeah, folks who want to send that stuff in, you can send it to podcast at weweregamers.com. Uh, we, we're interested because I think there's got to be more. I, I know hot sauce is like so on brand for us, but like yep. there's got to be more. We didn't stuff think we of, didn't so send think those of, up. you know, stuff. Yeah. 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 Po- podcast at weweregamers.com there. Uh, find us on social media at weweregamers, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, hit that subscribe on that YouTube. That'll really help us out. And the little bell will tell you when the uh, new videos come out.